You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Blue Jays knowledge coming at you in pure podcast form. I am your host, Ryan Andrews, and today we are going to debut the first in what I believe will become a recurring segment here at Locked On Blue Jays, the Fan Friday episode, where I get takes from fans of the Blue Jays and, and fans of baseball in general. I'm not limiting this to just Blue Jays fans, but uh, we get your takes and we have a discussion on what days sort of entail for the Blue Jays coming up. So I have a couple that I have procured from uh, from the past day or so of submitting it. And if you want to submit to a Fan Friday segment in the future, you can do that via Twitter at NeoAC18. That's my personal Twitter. Or at Locked On Blue Jays. That is Locked On Jays. But I want to start the discussion today with the starting pitcher from last night's contest, uh, Boston defeated Toronto 5-4, and the crushing blow was given up by starting pitcher Marco Estrada. A three-run home run to J.D. Martinez in the fifth that the Blue Jays just could not get the offense to overcome. And this has been a worrying trend with Marco Estrada uh, since, the, since the middle of last year. Uh, in June, when he had that awful June last year when he was 0-4, uh, had a 9 ERA. He's never really recovered from that. And the main problem was the, re- the reemergence of these home run balls that Estrada has been giving up. Last year, he gave up 31 home runs. That's the most in his career. That's more than when he actually led the majors in home runs allowed, when he allowed 29 with Milwaukee in 2014, right before the Blue Jays acquired him. And so far this year, in five starts, he's already given up seven home runs, including another couple last night. It it was a problem that's plagued Estrada his entire career. And to see it kind of reemerge without being able to limit the damage these home runs can cause like like a solo home run here and there isn't going to hurt you too much but giving up a three run bomb like that that you compounded by by allowing the easy single by by walking batters when you compound your mistakes like that it makes it very hard for your team to come back into a game and Estrada hasn't hasn't even been able to really pitch as a starter if you look uh, at his splits per inning so far this year, it just gets steadily worse as he goes into a game. He's perfect in the first inning. Was only allowed three hits in the first inning this season. No home runs. But going on and on, it just creeps up. 360 ERA in second inning. 540 in the third. A 9 ERA in the fourth inning. And a 13.5 ERA in the fifth. Like, op- opposing batters are hitting a combined... 400 off Estrada in the fourth and fifth innings. He just, he's not showing any kind of durability uh, following those two starts he had at the beginning of the season when he looked like the Marco Estrada that Toronto fans have become accustomed to seeing. And I threw out there on Twitter that maybe this is related to the back issues that he's had over the past uh, year or so. Again, this is something that started to emerge last year. And it, it's something that other Blue Jays followers have, have seen. Um, Susan Mitchell at Mitchell underscore Susan 
suspected it's the same thing. She's a longtime Blue Jays fan. I, I trust her knowledge on this. But she's noticed that he starts off strong, and then as the game goes on, it stiffens up. And if Marco Estrada is going to be dealing with this issue, it, it might be time to start thinking about using him in the initial role that the Blue Jays acquired him for when they traded Adam Lynn to Milwaukee for Estrada. And maybe that's moving him back towards the bullpen as a swingman. Because this kind of issue with Estrada is not going to get better. He's 35. He's, he's not going to all of a sudden heal his back. And, and a couple other commenters I had. Rob Scott, who runs the excellent Blue Jays feeder account, has, has said, with age, this type of injury rarely becomes less of a problem, especially someone who is almost 35. And uh, Sadler at Sparky Tour also chimed in that once you have back problems, they will not go away. So this is something the Blue Jays will actually have to think about with Marco Estrada, whether they want to keep running him out there in the hopes that he can work through whatever issues he's having. But if it is the back, then it's time to start thinking prevention. It's time to start thinking maybe we should be looking at scaling him back. Like... I, I don't approve of the Joe Biagini experiment and continuously running him out there as a starter, but Biagini is going to give you more consistent five-inning appearances than Estrada at this point, because Estrada just keeps looking run down, and it's at the point where, again, maybe you consider him as an Andrew Miller type. There is no length in the Blue Jays' bullpen right now, as good as it's been. You're only throwing guys out there for an inning at the time. You're not going to bank on Aaron Loop pitching two perfect innings every night. That's just not what Aaron Loop does. So maybe you take a look at pulling Estrada back, putting him into that bullpen role, that Andrew Miller fireman type role, where you can get two solid innings out of Estrada every time he goes out there. And then he covers up if you have a five inning start from a Biagini, a five inning start from Marcus Stroman. Uh, if you have Estrada back there and know that he has those two good innings, it's a lot less nerve wracking when you're trying to manage this Blue Jays team than when you're leaving him out there for the fourth and for the fifth and, and hoping that he does not allow a home run like he did on Thursday night against JD Martinez. So I, as much as we love Marco, and he, he got his 1,000th career strikeout. He's very close to 500 strikeouts with the Blue Jays. So these are these are milestone marks for him. Very appreciative of what Marco Estrada has done for the Blue Jays. But at this point, with with a team looking better than was projected, it might be time to start thinking about shifting Estrada into a less taxing role to get the most out of his arm. Because at this point... It's it's not looking like Estrada has the durability to be a major league starter anymore. And that's sad, but it's something that teams have to come to terms with. We'll also be talking about Randall Gritchuk right after this. Okay, I said the title of this episode uh, when posting it Unlocked on Jays was The Bat and the Back. Obviously, we've got the back out of the way with Marco Estrada, but the other issue has has been with the bat of Randall Gritchuk. He has looked bad. There, There is no way around it. He has been hacking at pitches he has no reason to be hacking at, and when he 
is making contact it's it's not going anywhere and it's it's been an such an issue that he's he's again batting dangerously close to saltalamachia territory which i i just call it he's he's getting close to the salty line thank you for helping coin that term jared saltalamachia you will be remembered in blue jays lore but uh grichuk has just been like abysmal at the plate i said earlier during the season on twitter that it looks like he's going to the plate without any kind of a plan like there's no attack he's just up there trying to swing out of his shoes and it's it's not an effective approach in this day and age he's like for for all the good that grichuk's done in the field he's still worth minus 0.3 in war according to baseball reference he's batting 079 it's not it's not any kind of major league production you want to see especially out of a guy who you considered your starting right fielder i don't know if you consider him that anymore i think tiasa hernandez has just come up and and taken the carpet right out from under randall grichuk but the fact is that this is a guy who the blue jays thought could be a 25 home run hitter for them and he's not proving that he can make enough contact at the plate to really do it. And uh, Grichuk comes up because I had a discussion last night on Twitter with uh, Kendra Leckie at Kendra Nicole underscore 96. When I said that, you know, I, I personally am rooting for Randall Grichuk. I like Randall Grichuk. I think he can be a good MLB player, but he's just not had the kind of approach necessary to give himself success. And Kendra made a good point that he has been terrible in April in years past. Like he, he's much like Devin Travis in that regard, that April is not his month. Grichuk, you know, he's a Texas native. He likes to warm. He gets better when it gets warmer. And, the cold is something that I've seen that I've mentioned previously uh, as affecting the Jays, but with Grichuk, this actually holds out. Um, if you check his splits, April uh, and March, it's always been the worst month for Grichuk. He has a 177 batting average in those months, and and this is just an extremely nasty case of a bad month for Randall Grichuk, and. Um, if we also look, um, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what the specific term, like host emeritus, I guess. Is that what the Pope called himself when he abdicated? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, host emeritus, Sean Doyle, actually took a look at Randall Grichuk's struggles on jaysfromthecouch.com. And um, Sean pointed out that he's he's hitting the ball ball well with his like he's barreling up balls he's 10th in baseball and barreling up balls and he's hitting them out at an average of 90 miles an hour so he's hitting them really hard it's just they are going directly to people they are resulting in direct outs grichuk's babbit this season is 088 which is just criminally bad like you like you you have to break like five mirrors to get that kind of bad luck when it comes to your hits and this is a trend that bears out with Grichuk. As as I said, April is is his bad month. And he has a career BABIP in April of 217. So this is an extreme case of 
of the slow start that Grichuk has had. Now, for Blue Jays fans, it does get better in May. Grichuk's career split in May is a 240 average with a 307 Babbitt. That's more in line with his career. Um, the home runs don't come yet. The home runs for Grichuk seem to come later in the year, but he does start hitting again. The only question is, does he have a chance to come into the lineup and actually get those hits and start driving them up? Because with the explosive re-entry of Teoscar Hernandez on the Toronto scene, it, it doesn't look like Grichuk might have it. Hernandez has done enough defensively to prove that he doesn't need Grichuk all the time to come in to to spell him in in time enough really to get Grichuk to the plate. So it it's going to be tough to see if Randall will actually get the chance to prove himself. And when I when I was talking to Kendra, um, she was she was very adamant that he's going to click that the fact that he was making contact in the game last night against Boston, the fact that he wasn't flailing at pitches and striking out 34% of the time, the fact that he was getting the bat on the ball was a sign that he would start getting hits. And, and I do agree with Kendra on that point that as, as Sean said as well, this has been an incredibly unlucky stretch for Grichuk. It's just a matter of if he gets the, to the point where he can pull himself out of it because the Blue Jays have essentially given him his worst month and it's not going well. Um, again, Sean went into more depth on this. I, I encourage you to look at his piece on jaysfromthecouch.com. It's really good. Um, Grichuk's not hitting fastballs right now. He's batting 120 against four-seam fastballs and his swing and miss rate is 28%. It's terrible. And then he has a Kendris Morales-like approach when it comes to breaking pitches. Um, uh, Sean wrote that against two-strike sinkers, he misses 100% of the time. Against two-strike curveballs, 100% of the time. Two-strike splitters, 100% of the time. He does not adjust well enough with two strikes on him to protect against these breaking pitches. And again, it looks like he's golfing at them. It looks like he's just flailing with no approach to the plate anymore. I don't know if this is something that Brooke Jacoby can really instill in Grichuk, just to, just to reel it back a little bit. But the underlying data says that this is not Randall Grichuk. This is not the person Randall Grichuk is, and he should be improving in May. Uh, it's just a question of whether or not the Blue Jays are going to give him that shot. Because again, T. Oscar is doing really well. Uh, Granderson and Pierce have combined to be a good chunk of the Blue Jays offense this year so that's not really opening up opening up left field and Grichuk's never been much of a center fielder so I don't think he's taking Pilar out of the lineup anytime soon so there's not really a chance for Grichuk to go out and try and work his way out of it I really hope he does get that chance but with no options he can't go down to Buffalo and do it and with Devin Travis having the performance he did on Thursday night he was the last last guy in the lineup that Grichuk is saying, like, all right, I'm, I'm not the only person who's struggling here. Now that Travis is starting to break out of it and look more like May Travis, who is really, really good. We really, really like May Tra Devin Travis. The pressure is going to be on for Grichuk, and I really hope that he does not take the same approach that he had when he first got to Toronto because it resulted in him swinging at curveballs in the dirt. It resulted in him just being late on fastballs. 
But if he can start warming up, if he can start making this regular contact, if he can stop being so tight at the plate. And that's a problem with both these guys, with Marco Estrada and Rachel Grichik. It's this tightness that they seem to have in their approaches. If Grichik can deal with that, if he can take that pressure off himself, I think it's going to serve him better. And he will start producing at the plate to the point where the Blue Jays can be happy with the return. And, and that will serve them well. Uh, especially depth-wise when Josh Donaldson returns, if Troy Tulowitzki returns, it'll it'll serve the Blue Jays well, especially going into those summer months when Grichuk's had a lot more success. Um, so that'll do it for the first installment of Fran Friday here at Locked On Blue Jays. Again, if you want to contribute, if you want to just have a chat about Blue Jays, sports, anything, you can find me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. Um, this was fun. This was good conversation that we had on Twitter. And it's it's part of the reasons why I like reaching out to fans and having that conversation. So I hope you guys are willing to do that with me as well. I respond to pretty much everything because, you know, I'm in Nova Scotia with very little else to do. So, hey, it, I, appreciate the, I appreciate the attention, essentially. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me on this installment of Locked On Blue Jays. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. Thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs>